You are Locked On Balls, your daily Tennessee Volunteers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into Locked On Balls, your team every day. My name is Josh Ward. Thank you for being here today. It is a Football Friday podcast heading into the weekend. November is here. I'm going to talk about that on today's show. It's the final month of the season. It's hard to believe we are at this point. It sneaks up on us very quickly. We get to December or January and we talk about how long the offseason is. Well, we get to November and we talk about how quickly the season can go by. This is a big month for Tennessee coming up. Coming up on today's show, I will talk about UAB, Tennessee's opponent coming up on Saturday. This week has probably not carried as much conversation about the upcoming game as the South Carolina game did or Mississippi State or even Alabama. And that's because Tennessee's a pretty big favorite coming in, but UAB is a quality football team. It's a team that Tennessee should absolutely beat, but I'll give you some numbers on UAB. Jeremy Pruitt's going to talk about the Blazers in just a moment. That's in segment number one. In segment number two, some things Tennessee needs to do on Saturday. One, to win the game. Two, to kind of take care of business. This is a TCB game for the Vols heading into the final stretch of SEC games with Kentucky next week, an off week, then Missouri and Vanderbilt to close out the season. So some things Tennessee needs to do this weekend, and then just some final thoughts on how this week has gone and a bit of a look ahead in segment number three. So it's a look ahead to Saturday. It's a look ahead to the final month on Locked on Balls today. You can find the show anywhere you listen to podcasts. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do so wherever you might be listening. Thanks for being here, and welcome to new listeners who might be checking out Locked on Balls for the first time. It's here five days a week, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. So Tennessee goes into this game favored by double digits against UAB. The Blazers are 6-1 and one on the season. They have the one loss to Western Kentucky. That was back in week four. UAB lost at Western Kentucky. That's Tyson Helton's team, 20-13. to 13. Other than that, UAB has largely taken care of business this season. It's a program that is well run. It's coached by Bill Clark who is very respected, one of the best coaches in the country, I would say. And of course, not a, a big-time program, but remember, UAB shut down its football program a few years ago and then restarted the program, and look at what's happened within the last few years. So it's really impressive what UAB has been able to do, but I would also say from a personnel standpoint, it's not close. Tennessee has a huge advantage against UAB going in. I'll get to that. But again, it is a team that wins football games, and it will go into Neyland Stadium on Saturday off a bye week, so they've had two weeks to get ready. Players should be a little bit fresher. They will mentally be ready to go, and I wouldn't think necessarily intimidated by the environment, although the environment should be to Tennessee's advantage. Absolutely, a night game at Neyland Stadium. But listen to what Jeremy Pruitt said when he was asked about UAB talking to the media on Wednesday after practice. Jeremy Pruitt on Tennessee's upcoming opponent. They're big, they're fast, uh, run really good routes, got uh, great hands. Um, you know, they, they create a lot of one-on-ones because they run the football so effectively. Quarterback does a nice job getting them the ball. They got more than two receivers now, okay? Uh, five, six, eight, you know, along with their tight ends, they play like three running backs. I mean, uh, this guy's got a good football team. Um, guys are big, fast, and strong, so... Um, they do a nice job, and, and they've done a nice job recruiting these guys in there, and they, and they are they are explosive. I mean, you watch the tape, they're making people look like they're standing still. They're running by them so fast. So uh, they've created a lot of explosive plays. 
uh, and these same guys turn around and, and they're the returners in the in the return game on special teams. So um, they have dynamic playmakers, um, you know, and, and we've got to do a job, a, a great job of, of containing them. I agree with all of Jeremy Pruitt. I'm going to include that in segment number two. UAB is a good team and they have good football players. And again, I'll say players that are used to winning, they'll be confident going in. They won a lot of games last year. Now, last year, UAB had a team that was probably better than this one. It went to Texas A&M fairly late in the season and lost by 21 points. Why? Because Texas A&M just had better football players overall. And that applies here. Some numbers to know on UAB. UAB has the number one ranked defense in, in total defense in Conference USA. It's fifth best in all of the FBS. So defensively, UAB has been really good this season. The offense has been kind of middle of the pack in Conference USA. The quarterback there for the Blazers, Tyler Johnston, is a very well thought of player. A sophomore who has played well for them. He had an awful game against Western Kentucky. He threw four interceptions in that loss for UAB. Earlier this season, I've not seen an updated ranking, but earlier this season, Pro Football Focus had Tyler Johnston among the 15 best quarterbacks in the country and talked about the big-time throws that he's able to make and had him ranked as the highest group of five quarterback in the country. Now, I'm not sure that he is that, but that does tell you how he's been viewed. He might be the best quarterback that Tennessee faces in the final few weeks of the season. It's been between him and Kelly Bryant at Missouri, and we'll see what Bryant's health status is when they actually play that game in a few weeks. So defensively, UAB has been really good. Offensively, they've kind of been middle of the pack, but they do have the potential to make some plays on the offensive side. And then with UAB's schedule, it's frankly been laughable at this point. UAB has played one FBS team with a winning record this season. That's Western Kentucky. And UAB lost that game 20-13. to UAB has played teams that uh, are winless or only have one win on the season. Teams like Old Dominion, Rice, and South Alabama, Akron. They're just terrible teams that uh, UAB has been able to play. And now UAB's beaten up on them as well in these games. So I'll point that out, that UAB is taking care of business on its side in games like South Alabama, UAB won 35-3. Against Old Dominion, UAB won 38-14. Against Rice, Rice was able to actually put some points on the board, but it was uh, 35-20 UAB beating Rice, which is winless on the season. So UAB has not faced anything like what it's about to face at Neyland Stadium on Saturday when UAB plays Tennessee. One, Tennessee's a, a pretty solid team right now. The record's not great. Tennessee's 3-5. and five, But we all agree Tennessee's a better football team than it was six weeks ago, eight weeks ago, where it was at the start of the season. I think that's pretty obvious. Also, Tennessee has to look at what happened against Georgia State and know that it has to take UAB seriously this weekend. Surely that is the case. If, if Tennessee looks like it's a team that's not motivated, that's not focused on the opponent – well, then Tennessee's going to receive a good amount of criticism, and deservedly so. But my expectation is Tennessee will be locked in and focused, and, and that's why I have not given much consideration this week to UAB pulling off the upset at Neyland Stadium. It could happen, and I'm not dismissing the idea. It's just that from a personnel standpoint, Tennessee has the clear advantage across the board. Tennessee will be at home, and uh, Neyland Stadium, I think, would have some fans that will be fired up after what they saw at home last week. The, the wins against Mississippi State and South Carolina should help in that regard as well. If Tennessee had lost these games, I, I think we'd be looking at a brutal crowd for a night game against UAB. But with Tennessee winning some games and all the positivity that's been there recently, 
I think we might see a nice crowd on Saturday. So I would say that Tennessee looks at this where it knows we've got to play well. We have to be focused. We have to do things the right way. Remember the Georgia State game, Tennessee shuffling the offensive line around and it was a mess. That's not the status of the offensive line right now. They they did have to move guys around this past Saturday, but because of injury, not because they're trying to figure things out on the fly. Tennessee is much better up front. Tennessee should be able to push UAB around. And that will be my number one thing to watch for Tennessee on Saturday, which should give us an idea if Tennessee is locked in and engaged. Can Tennessee control the line of scrimmage? I'll get to that coming up next. A few other things that Tennessee needs to do against UAB and the importance of playing well in November. It will help determine how Tennessee's season goes. I'll get to that in the final segment of Locked On Vols. That's right here on the Locked On Podcast Network. And we're talking about a game that should be fairly easy for Tennessee to win this weekend. Something that is not easy to talk about, maybe with a doctor or right here on this podcast, would be erectile dysfunction. It's not easy. We recognize that. And often, if you might be talking about it, you might say, well, I lost my mojo, or sorry, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it is easy to talk about it. With a real doctor who can prescribe real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. If medication is appropriate after you talk to your doctor, Roman will ship it to you with free two-day shipping. All you have to do is go to GetRoman.com locked and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. Just go to GetRoman.com locked to get a free online visit and free two-day shipping. That's GetRoman.com locked for a free visit to get started. GetRoman.com locked. So a few things Tennessee needs to do against UAB to, one, make sure it gets the win, and also to win comfortably. You would like to see Tennessee win this game by double digits. I don't think Tennessee fans want to be there in the fourth quarter thinking, is Tennessee going to win the football game? At that point, you want the question to be, how much is Tennessee going to win by? You might want Tennessee to cover, depending on your interest in football games. So uh, going in, I would say that we start the conversation along the line of scrimmage. The biggest reason to me for... Tennessee's development over the course of the season the reason that we're talking about Tennessee being clearly a better football team would be the lack of questions or concerns that are there with Tennessee along the line of scrimmage Tennessee is not loaded with a bunch of all SEC players on the offensive or defensive lines but Tennessee does have a number of guys who are playing at a high level and and playing more consistently on the offensive line Trey Smith and Brennan Kennedy are leading the way Wanya Morris has developed, and uh, he, he's been banged up, but the way that he's played has been admirable. He actually played on the right side last week. Uh, Jameer Johnson's a guy to pay attention to. He's going to be a game-time decision, according to Jeremy Pruitt, and Darnell Wright is also a question mark. But Tennessee has more depth there because of those newcomers who have played well for Tennessee, and then veterans who have developed, not just Trey Smith and Brandon Kennedy. You have Marcus Tatum, who is an option as a backup lineman who could be out there at right tackle this week, so that's something to pay attention to. Riley Locklear has come back from the head injury he suffered a few weeks ago. Jerome Carvin has come on. Karon Calvert for Tennessee. Ryan Johnson. Tennessee just has more numbers to work with, and All those guys are not, again, playing at all SEC levels, but Tennessee's not playing an SEC team this weekend. Tennessee's playing UAB on the defensive side. You want to continue to see that disruption. We'll see what the status is with Aubrey Solomon. Uh, Daryl Taylor should be good to go, according to Jeremy Pruitt. Kevon Bennett has created some optimism. 
Uh, I think the way that those guys, Darrell Middleton is another positive for Tennessee. Those guys should be able to cause problems for UAB's offense. It should be difficult for Tyler Johnston to make plays because he shouldn't have much time. So if Tennessee is playing well up front, that's going to be a sign to me that Tennessee is locked in. An obvious key would be for Tennessee to play well at quarterback. We don't know exactly what the situation will be. Does Brian Mauer get the start now that he's cleared? That's been my guess this week, that if he's cleared, and Jeremy Pruitt says that he has been, that he would start on Wednesday at practice. J.T. Shrout got a slightly higher percentage of the reps in practice, but it was 50-40 between Shrout and Maurer with Jarrett Garantano getting about 10%. What's his role? Does he play this week? He has the left-hand injury that he's coming back from. And Jeremy Pruitt said that he's good to go, but do they need him to play this week? I wouldn't think so. Clearly, though, Tennessee is still factoring in Jarrett to the quarterback conversation, and I think should. Tennessee needs to protect its quarterbacks this week, and you'd love to see Tennessee go through an entire game without a quarterback having to leave because of injury. Tennessee has had to replace a quarterback because of injury in four straight games. Start all four games in October. Georgia, Mississippi State, Alabama, and South Carolina, all four of those games, Tennessee had a quarterback leave because he was hurt. Mauer in those first three games, and then Garantano this past weekend against South Carolina. So protect the quarterback. That would be something you want to see as well. And I would say continue to see more big plays in Tennessee's offense. That comes back to the offensive line. It's playing better, so they have time to, to draw those up. But big plays from Juwan Jennings, Marquez Callaway. Let's see if there might be one for Josh Palmer this weekend as well as he was more involved against South Carolina. That's something to pay attention to. Tennessee has an athletic advantage against UAB. Hit some big plays down the field. That can allow you to put UAB away and maybe you want to run the football more in the second half, get the ground game going. And I don't know exactly how that'll be divvied up. Tim Jordan leads Tennessee in one game. The next game, it's Ty Chandler. The bigger point would be that Tennessee has a number of players to count on in the backfield because Eric Gray, uh, I think, is going to be more involved during the final month. Maybe not every game, but I think we'll see more of him than we have in the past several weeks, not including the South Carolina game. So uh, that's something to pay attention to. And then special teams. You, you just want to take care of business there. Let's see what they do at punter. Uh, it was Joe Doyle all of last season and most of this season. It was Paxton Brooks this past weekend. Uh, I think Tennessee would like to find one guy to be there. I'm a little surprised that they've gone to Paxton Brooks. Uh, Joe's shown that he can punt at a high level. Paxton's talented as well. So that's more of a question than... Uh, something that they need to do. A, a question I have is, what do they do at the punter position over the final month? Because special teams is going to be really important. And they have two talented players. Joe Doyle and Paxton Brooks are both really talented with their punting ability. Brent Samagli has been terrific handling field goals. So those are some things you want to see Tennessee do. Control the line of scrimmage. Make some big plays to maybe allow yourself time to run the football. And don't screw things up. Get out of there healthy. Those are some of the things I think Tennessee is focused on. But as Jeremy Pruitt on Thursday's show talked about, they need to be better in a number of areas. This is that kind of game where you can work on it. This is also the kind of game where Tennessee's coaching staff can make sure that the players are locked in and ready to go. So before I go on today's Locked on Vols episode, Philip Fulmer has talked about remembering what you do in November. That'll be the case here this upcoming month. For Jeremy Pruitt, at the end of his second season, the start did not go well. How he finishes 
could tell us what might happen with Tennessee moving forward, why this upcoming month is so important for Tennessee football. I'll get to that next on Locked On Vols, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You can tell your smart speaker at home to play podcasts Locked On V-O-L-S. Locked On V-O-L-S. Also in the show notes, I have links to my social media accounts, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Send me a question or comment for the show anytime. I haven't done a mailbag segment in a couple of weeks, I don't believe. So I'll get one in next week on the podcast. So hit me up anytime, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I have links in today's show notes. I post them in every show notes with each episode. So I think it's pretty obvious that this month is very important for Tennessee. The Vols are three and five. They need to go three and one to get to a bowl game. Four and oh would mean Tennessee finishes seven and five, which would be pretty remarkable considering the start and where Tennessee was this time a month ago. Finishing seven and five would mean that Tennessee finishes five and three in the SEC. That would be a big positive as well, considering last year Tennessee went two and six, and the year before Tennessee went 0 and eight in the SEC. So can Tennessee finish five and three in the conference? Can Tennessee get to seven and five? That's a big question. But just finishing with a winning record this month is really important. Joel Silverberg, my colleague there at the Sports Animal, and uh, teammate on Sports 180, he posted a blog earlier in the season about the importance of the month of November. And if you think about the last 10 years for Tennessee, there are five seasons out of the last 10 that the Vols went 3-1 and one or better in the month of November. So in the last 10 seasons, only half of them, Tennessee had a winning record. Those happened to be the five seasons out of the last 10 that Tennessee went to a bowl game. In 2009, Lane Kiffin's year, Tennessee went 3-1. and one. In 2010, Tennessee went 4-0 and oh in November, which it had to do to get to a bowl game. That was Derek Dooley's first season. Tennessee was 2-6 and six entering November and went 4-0 and oh to reach the postseason. 2011-2012, Tennessee went 2-2, two and two, missed the postseason in each season. Butch Jones' first team in 2013 went 1-3 and three in November. They finished 5-7. and seven. The next year, Tennessee went 3-1 and one to get to a bowl game. Butch Jones' 2015 team was perfect in November and finished with eight regular season wins. 2016 was a disappointment as a season, but they went 3-1 and one in November and still finished 8-4. and four. 2017, 1-3 last year, 2-2, two and, two, and they, of course, missed the postseason. Tennessee's in the same situation now. If Tennessee goes 3-1 and one or better, the Vols are going to the postseason. If Tennessee finishes 2-2 two and two or worse, they're going to miss out again, and that would be really bad. To be in this position, to have this opportunity, if Tennessee loses two of its next four, that's going to be, I think, deflating for the team, for the status of the program, for the fan base with all the momentum that has been created. The last week, and really the last few weeks, have been really positive for Tennessee football. The Jarrett Garantano stuff last week after the Alabama game was kind of ugly and, and not a great look and very frustrating. I understand that for fans. But that was really kind of a blip on the radar for the last few weeks. You had the Mississippi State win and the South Carolina win around the Alabama stuff. And that has, I think, created so much positivity. It's, I think, helped on the recruiting trail. That's another aspect here. If Tennessee can go 3-1 and one or better this month, Tennessee will be out there on the recruiting trail saying, yeah, the start of the season wasn't great, but look at the real progress. I mean, you can spin numbers. You can say, hey, after that... We went seven and three or uh, six and four, but whatever. You're, you're talking about a positive change within the team, within the program, and 
players are going to be talking up what's going on because if they're experiencing success, they're going to be talking about that with recruits. The media is going to be talking about it as well. What a turnaround for Tennessee. At the beginning of the season, is Jeremy Pruitt going to be on the hot seat? At the end of the season, if Tennessee's going to a bowl game, look at the work that Jeremy Pruitt did. And don't you just want to enjoy what you're seeing with Tennessee football? If Tennessee's winning games, you're going to enjoy it as a fan. If Tennessee's losing, probably not so much, and you're going to want me to spend a little bit more time talking basketball here on the podcast. So what Tennessee does this month is going to have a pretty big impact on what could happen with Tennessee moving forward. Because getting to a bowl game is important. The players on this team experiencing success, which hasn't happened with Tennessee football in the last couple of years, that's going to matter. And then when you head into the month of December with the early signing period and then January and the first week of February to close out the 2020 class, if Tennessee has won more football games, Tennessee is going to have a better opportunity to go land some of the top prospects that they want to land. If Tennessee believes it has a shot at Darnell Washington, the Vols better go to a bowl game here in 2019. Philip Fulmer was right. They're going to remember what you do in November. And this year, Tennessee fans and everybody else will remember what happened in November to really determine how they feel about this entire 2019 season. And 20 years ago, when we were talking about games in November, we were talking about much better Tennessee football teams that were really going into games that they just had to take care of business. And that's the case with the UAB game. Might be the case with Vanderbilt at the end, although Vandy does come in with a three-game winning streak against Tennessee. But Tennessee's trying to get back to that level. And as we've talked about a lot, if you can show that you're beating teams like Mississippi State, South Carolina, Kentucky, Vanderbilt, Missouri, if you're beating them more often than not, if you are beating those teams consistently, that can be a good place to then say, okay, what do you need to do to get to a level where Florida and Georgia are and some of the top teams from the SEC West? Tennessee needs to get through these teams that it plays in November before we start talking about what Tennessee can do next to try to get to a championship level. That starts this weekend against UAB. So what will Tennessee do on Saturday against UAB? I'm going to say Tennessee wins comfortably in the end. Uh, Maybe there's a slower start. We'll see. But I come back to the line of scrimmage. If that really is where Tennessee has progressed the most, then I think Tennessee should be able to control the line of scrimmage, really manhandle UAB. That should be the goal for Tennessee up front. And if that's the case, the Blazers shouldn't be able to move the football on offense. Tennessee needs to keep UAB from hitting some big plays and creating some momentum on on its side. And and that's probably what UAB needs to do to score points. If UAB is able to drive consistently against Tennessee's defense, that's a concern. So I'm going to say Tennessee is able to win the battle up front. Tennessee should be good enough at quarterback. We'll see what they do at that position. But I, I think right now UT should have confidence in any combination there. The Vols have to take care of the football. That's just a a prerequisite going into this kind of game, really any game. Uh, So I'll say Tennessee does that. The score prediction, I'll say something like 34-14. Tennessee gets the win, uh, covers the spread at 11.5, 12-point line against UAB, and then gets ready for SEC play starting next week. No matter what happens this weekend, I'll have you covered coming up on Locked on Vols on Monday. A couple of uh, plugs for you this weekend. I'll be on Saturday Sports Talk with Heather Harrington and Daniel Hood at noon 
on uh, campus at University Commons. We'll be inside Fieldhouse Social. If you happen to be in the area, stop by, say hello, and then I'll be on John Pennington's Sports Source on WATE on Sunday morning at 11 a.m. You can watch that on Facebook Live as well. That's a 90-minute show, 11 to 12.30. Tennessee and UAB at 7 o'clock at Neyland Stadium. You can watch the game on ESPNU. We'll see what happens. It's a big college football weekend. You have Georgia and Florida in the SEC, as that will probably decide what happens in the Eastern Division this year. And I'll be back on Monday to cover it all with Tennessee. Fun month coming up with Tennessee football, basketball tipping off on Tuesday. Locked on Vols is here five days a week. It's part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Keep spreading the word to Tennessee fans about the show. Thanks to everybody who has helped do that. And I'll see you back here on Monday. Have a great weekend. Oh!